Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, so you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built on Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. And as always, the Built on Buffalo Podcast Network, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate everyone that is tuning in on all of those platforms. If you're tuning in right now to the live show, comment section is open. We have so, so much to get to. But before we do that, Lance, how are we doing, my man? It's Tuesday night, and I feel all right because the Bills had an amazing performance yesterday and came away with a big victory in the wild card round, super wild card weekend. Now we're on to the divisional round, so uh, pulled out the old humble and hungry uh, long sleeve here for the show. I think the the Bills are definitely uh, staying hungry. They showed that they have a lot of hunger left in them yesterday, in my opinion. What do you think about that? No, I agree. I I agree. Um, Yeah, Lance, I think we got to get right into it. So I'm trying to come to... Get the banners up and moving, man. Oh, before we do that, the Buffalo Blitz is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. It's the perfect time to get on to Underdog Fantasy. It's playoff football time along with other sports, including college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. Make sure you guys use promo code BLITZ for a 100% deposit match starting at $10 up to $100. Download Underdog Fantasy. Or just go online on underdogfantasy.com. Okay. Yeah. Underdog fantasy, man. They have these scorchers where you can multiply your measure oh, out too. Spicy and emojis. It's great. Um, yeah, they got the spicy emoji on there and they they give you an extra multiplier. So go check it out. So it's, it's a really cool app. I enjoy it. Um mm-hmm. you got drafts or pick them games. So uh go check that out. Even though you stink at it. No, I'm joking. Um yeah, for real. Recap Dude. of the Lance, we have so much to get to. So Let's guys, that. James Cook had 79 yards, and I needed 79 and a half. I needed 80 out of James Cook. Ty Johnson. Man, Ty Johnson. Crushed me. Ty, Ty Johnson, Johnson at the end got me. He, he didn't want you to get your underdog. 
uh, pick hit. But, yeah, guys, comment section is open. If you guys have thoughts about the game, let us know. We'll obviously get to your questions. As always, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're going to pre- we're gonna obviously recap the game, give you guys our thoughts, a couple topics on the Bill Steelers, wild card round, and then we'll get to the preview in the later part of the show, Bill's Chiefs divisional round. But, Lance, I'm going to start with you as I always do. Oh, actually, you know what? I didn't make this a tab, but I want to say this now. No offense to everyone that comments, but before we get a million questions about it, because Lance and I do not know enough information because we do, we're not in Buffalo or Lance is in Buffalo. We're not, we're not with the team and we don't have inside information. So Sean McDermott spoke to the media today quickly. Recap of some injuries because we know we suffered a lot. Taylor Rapp, everyone write this down. Get ready. Taylor Rapp, Gabe Davis, Rasul Douglas. Terrell Dodson, Terrell Bernard, Balen Spector, Christian Benford, and Sam Martin are currently all day-to-day. And Teron, Teron Johnson is currently in concussion protocol, which is obviously out of the Bills' hands. Yesterday, Russell Douglas did say to a reporter, I forgot who it was, that he expects to play next Sunday. Um, and then he was actually ready to play uh, yesterday, but they held him out as precaution. Um, so yeah, those are all the injuries. Lance and I do not know anything further. We are not. I have no. I'm not going to try to speculate as best as possible. Okay, Lance. I feel like I had to get that out of the way. Do you agree? Yeah. Are you done now? Uh, how, how's your injury doing? How's your how's your back from uh, standing up during the game? You day to day? Are you like I'm week good. to week? I'm good, buddy. You're good. I'm, I'm... Ready to go again tomorrow if I had to. Okay, so Lance is fully healthy, which is good. Most important thing, if Lance wasn't fully healthy, it'd be an issue. Okay, Lance, let's start with you, man. Just one major takeaway or just something that sparked your mind from the Bills' 31-17 wild card weekend turning to a Monday victory. Yeah, I think one of the things I always talk about um, each and every week here is starting the game out uh getting ahead of yourself and the bills came out playing fast with an edge the defense took the field first for michelle mcdermott uh gave up one little play there a little 16 yard to jalen warren and then tightened right up forced a punt josh allen the offense took over and ran a incredible opening drive scripted drive to go down and kind of just slice up the Steelers' defense, um, capped it off with a nine-yard touchdown from Dawson Knox. And I think that, um, you know, someone in the comments just said, you know, can't let him hang around. Overall, the Bills went out 21-7. to You know, they scored the first three touchdowns of the game. You're always – you're usually going to have an instance there when you go up big like that where you might relax or whatever. Um, The Bills didn't necessarily relax. They gave up a blocked punt that gave the Steelers field position at the 33 yard line. And they were able to, um, you know, get a couple yards and then hit uh, Deontay Johnson with a 10 yard pass for a touchdown. So I think overall great performance. I, once the injuries started piling up, you know, it was tough. The Steelers mm-hmm. kind of started getting back into the game. And um, the one thing I would have liked to see, you know, the bills did great starting the game but they didn't do great starting the second half. I would have liked to see if they would have come out and kind of put the put it to them with the first drive of the second half. They may have been able to take some of the guys out, you know, and, and not have to have have a risk of 
some of the injury, but that's, you know, ifs and buts. Mm-hmm. As my old football coach used to say, if ifs and buts were fruits and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. So um, I think that going out there, taking a 21 nothing lead um, was just an incredible job at home, feeding off the energy. And if they can keep that offensive performance up, uh, three three punts throughout the game, so nothing major, right? Um, yeah. We missed field goals, obviously. So the, the special teams continues to have a little bit of a, an issue here and there. Um, did kick a field goal, but scored four touchdowns. So um, that's the kind of stuff it's going to take in the playoffs. You're going to have to score, mm-hmm. um, you know, three and four touchdowns a game and add some field goals in there with a good defensive performance. So I thought not perfect, but definitely they went out there. They dominated early, kind of let the Steelers back into the game. And then when it mattered, um, you know, kind of flexed on them and put the game out of reach. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off your comments there. Yeah, look, you've talked about it a lot. I think I've kind of echoed that as well. The fact that the Bills have sometimes this year, and it's come back to bite them, have started slow on offense, right? And we've seen it in a lot of the games that they lost, games that they probably shouldn't have lost, that they started slow on offense, and it came back to bite them. But yeah, Lance, I agree. I Good stop to start the game. They had a nice drive. They forced a turnover against George Pickens. Should have forced another turnover against Pat Fryermuth. I don't know what that call was. That was one of the more interesting calls I've seen by a ref. Uh, Sean McDermott was right to challenge. He won the challenge, even though he didn't, uh, which was unfortunate. So the Bills should have had another chance. Lance, I agree. I think the Bills sort of let the Steelers into the game, but they were so close to putting this game out of reach. Right, you go down, you're up twenty-one nothing. You you score a touchdown to make it twenty-one nothing. You get a stop, and then you get a nice eight-play drive going, and with about two and change or so, or so, and you have a kind of a chance to put the game away. Even with a field goal, twenty-four nothing at half probably ends the game, in my opinion. Right. Obviously, a touchdown ends the game, and then you settle for a forty-nine-yard field goal. I thought the play calling leading up to the field goal. Wasn't particularly great. We know the weather wasn't ideal conditions for kicking. A little wind. It was tough. And obviously the Bills struggled kicking. We saw the end of the game with Tower Bass with that uh, field goal miss. Like the Bills clearly weren't bringing their A game when it came to when it came to kicking. You get a, a blocked field goal that leads to the Steelers starting at the Bills' thirty-three yard line. A, a completely flip of field position, he kind of gifted them seven points. And I agree. I'm going to go back with what you said. Uh, they give, they punted to start the drive, to start the second half. I thought at times, and they've done this a couple times, they go away from the run game a little bit, and they get a little too pass-heavy or pass-happy. Uh, three plays to start the opening drive in the second half. You're 21-7, and you go, Josh Allen pass incomplete to Dawson Knox. Josh Allen sacked. Josh Allen passed to nine yards to Latavius Murray, but obviously you had to sack the previous play, so it's a fourth and eight. I thought they kind of, I don't know, they get a little pass happy. They 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 tend to do that, but Lance, they punted twice. No, they punted twice, and they had a blocked field goal and a missed field goal. Right. Besides that, like one, they left six points on the board with missed field goals, and they only had two punts. Right. Like it could have easily been. 38 to 17 and i do think if that field goal doesn't get blocked and even if he just misses it right like 
Yeah. I w- the better case scenario there was a miss. The worst case scenario was what, what ensued, which was a block field goal that set up the Steelers kind of in short field and kind of gifted an offense that at that time was really struggling to get anything going. You gave them 33 yards to go. Like you, when you yeah. give teams short fields, a lot of the time they're going to capitalize. But I don't want to give credit to the Steelers. I thought they, I thought they battled. And I agree. The second half, when injuries started piling up, even though I put a tweet out that I said Dorian Williams and Bale Inspector, I thought not Bale Inspector, Dorian Williams and AJ Klein kind of held their own. They played solid, but you could tell it's not obviously it's not Terrell Bernard or Terrell Dodson in there, and especially not Matt Milano in there. Uh, it's yeah. it was a little different, but I thought the Bills played a really clean game on offense. You really, it's Lance. It's gonna sit. It's gonna take a lot for me to sit here. And I think you would agree with me to complain about 31 points in a playoff game, right? And, and even against a Mike Tomlin led team, like you win. I think that's it. It's not you're not complaining, but I think it's like, look, it's not it's not perfect, right? It so could have been. Well, always, it, it could have been. Way to improve. I thought absolutely they should have maybe went for it instead of kicking that field goal. It was. We. Like, I want to see. I want to ask your thoughts. Not going to end up worse, right? If they if you take hindsight, always 2020. But if if they would have went for it and missed the Steelers are getting worse field position than what ended up by a blocked field goal that went down and gave them the ball to 33. Now, obviously you're never going to go out thinking you're going to get a thing blocked and end up with such terrible negative play. (laughs) The worst case thought that they could have actually, you know, maybe just went for it. It was a fourth and seven, I believe. And it was a fairly long kick into the 49 yards. Um, Yeah. What was the weather? Like the wind? I know that the temperature was obviously brutal, but wind wise, you were in the stadium. I yeah, wind was just consistent. It wasn't um, necessarily uh, gusting at any point that I know of. Um, as far as before I went into the stadium, it was definitely like more of a constant, um, steady wind. But the flags were definitely consistently um, blowing in, you know, to the tunnel side of the stadium. So um, they were going right uh, towards Abbott Road at that for that field goal. And mm-hmm. they were, you know, going kind of right into the wind. So I just didn't understand necessarily call you either um if you want to punt the ball and pin them deep inside their 10 or if you want to um well you know just go for it and try to but the field goal there in those conditions i didn't i said it to the to the person i went with sitting right next to me my buddy dustin he i'm like dude they might as well have just gone for it there because they wouldn't have ended up any worse so i want to tell you the sequence so we're 315 left in the first half right 21 nothing first and 10 at pittsburgh's 34 right 315, you have a ton of time, right? The time is not even a factor at this moment. So at the Pittsburgh's 34, you have a three-yard run to James Cook. So it's second and seven at Pittsburgh's 31. You go back-to-back deep shots. You go past the deep down the left sideline to uh, Ty Johnson. That goes over his head, kind of out of bounds, incomplete. And then you go over the middle, basically almost an end zone shot to Diggs, which was almost picked off, which actually would have been better. That was actually a really good play, though. I mean – like Josh Allen said in his press conference, if he throws a little bit must, more mustard on that thing, I agree. Um, he I'm just the needle there, and that's I when that play happened, I was like, well, that's the definition of arm arrogance right there. I think mm-hmm. that was one play I definitely picked out, and when I saw the replay, I was like, boy, he definitely uh, put that arm arrogance on display my, for that throw. Lance, my biggest pet peeve, and maybe maybe not the third and seven deep ball, I should be more mad about, but the second and seven, I think you probably try yeah. to run the ball again. Or gets yeah, short absolutely. one. It's two thirty-three. Maybe get 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 the ball to the two-minute warning, right? Like you don't want Pittsburgh. Even if you score there, you don't want Pittsburgh to have that much time. And mm-hmm. you decided to kind of go too deep passes, one to the left. I guess you. I agree with you. The digs one over the top wasn't as bad. Obviously, if the guy intercepted it and he got tackled at the ten, would have been better. Right. <laughs> and then what? 
ensued. And then it's a 49 yard field goal. You're better off, like, well, you're better off on third and seven is running the ball for four yards and then taking your chances with a four and three, fourth and three. Like, I think at Pittsburgh's 28 or something, or Pittsburgh's 29, right? At, at that. But that was the biggest turning point. And I think the broadcast, Tony Romo, Jim Nance said it multiple times, like, they're back in the game. And they were back in the game. Lance, it got it got to 21 14 at one point. Uh, but yeah, so what's we kind of talk about now? Tale of two halves here, Lance. Yeah. Uh, I thought in the second half, it was it was weird. Like there weren't there weren't a lot of possessions in this second half. The Bills possessed the ball four times. Obviously, that fourth possession they could have run out the clock. Obviously, they kind of got themselves into a goal line situation where you couldn't really run out the clock without a touchdown. Tower Bass misses a field goal. Really doesn't matter at that point, even though got to make it. But that touchdown drive, to because look, so the Bills go into the half 21-7. We know how good the first half was. 21-0. The Bills played basically a flawless first half until the blocked field goal, and then Pittsburgh scores. It's 21-7 half. But if you told me it was 21-7 half, I probably would I would take that every single week, no matter who we play. Lance, we go to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna recap it and then I'm gonna ask your thoughts on this. So we go to the second half, right? 21-7. Bills kind of need some points out of half. They go quick, three plays, two yards. They punt. Pittsburgh goes down in four and a half minutes. They kick a field goal. It's 21-10. The Bills need to answer. They go a 14 play for 48 yards for seven minutes and 18 seconds. They don't get a touchdown, but they get it back to a 14-point game. Go up 24-10. Then Pittsburgh has probably their best drive of the game. And this is when the Bills' defense started to get really injured, and they started to get really weak over the middle of the field, particularly at the linebacker position. Pittsburgh goes 12 plays, 75 yards in six minutes, and makes it a 24-17 game. And you're like, okay, this it's a one-possession game. The defense is kind of reeling at this moment. You got to go do something, and the Bills go do that. And they go seven plays, 70 yards in four minutes, and they go to get a touchdown, which was capped off by an incredible play by Khalil Shakir. Lance, thoughts on the second half as a whole? Yeah, one of the funny things about that sequence when the Bills were um, now, when the Steelers pulled it within seven, the guy ahead of me um, had a had a huge parlay. And it was like a $20 bet or $10 bet for, I don't know, 5000 to win or something. Every leg hit he had, starting with the Houston game, and then he comes out, he needs Pittsburgh plus seven and a half. And I'm like, dude, Bills are going to score right here. It's going to be 31 to 17. You better cash it right now. And it was up to like 2,000 something to cash. Please tell me he cashed didn't, it. Didn't cash. I'm How like, do you cash it? I'm like, dude, I told you. The Bills are going to go score. But hey, what do I know? Um, real quick, you know highlighting this um, lot here. But the real biggest point is Josh played smart and attentive. Took a couple of sacks rather than throwing the ball up for grabs. So. Um, really good comment from Uncle Bud there. I think that that's exactly right. We didn't we saw him get sacked a few times. He didn't get um, too nervous and jerky. He didn't. Josh Allen didn't seem to, um, you know, the moment's never too big for Josh Allen, and that's kind of one of the things that you really appreciate. Even during the regular season, sure, definitely seems to take some unnecessary risk and things like that <laughs> situationally. But I think that um, I think. Definitely, uh, you know, just hung in there that, you know, people stepped up. You had guys like Deontay Hardy, who hasn't really had a big role in the offense, you know, make a 34-yard grab. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, Shakir on that touchdown obviously made that huge, um, you know, cut and big play. 
Uh, I thought the running game really went well for the most part when we really needed it. Um, they overall averaged 5.3 yards a carry as a team. Um, obviously, Allen averaging nine yard, 9.3 a carry helps that out. But James Cook, you know, 18 for 79 yards, 4.4 per carry, um, I think, you know, helped carry them through and, and get them to the victory overall. They were able to take time off the clock mm -hmm. and really limit Pittsburgh's chances on offense to really come back too far into it and ultimately try to, you know, tie or win the game. Yeah, you said Shakir. Wayne is coming in. Hey, guys, Shakir, appreciate you, appreciate you watching, Wayne. Uh, hey, guys, Shakir and Hardy are so shifty. I don't think they can be guarded. Yeah, I think Lance and I, I put up on the, our banner on the screen the Bills offense erupts for 31 points because I, I think we were getting into that topic. But, Lance, you and I, I think we've mentioned a handful of times throughout the season we needed guys to have run after the catch. We needed guys when the ball is in their hands to go make a play. It can't be always whatever we get after the, whatever the throw is. If it's a 12 yard throw. We only get 12 yards. You, you need guys to go make plays. And I thought end of the first half, Deontay Hardy had a great play that set up us up into field goal range. Obviously the field goal play didn't go well, not Deontay Hardy's fault, but I thought Lance, you got Deontay Hardy kind of in space on the right side, about seven yards down the field. And he goes to make a man miss. And it's it's he, with him in the ball with his when he gets the ball he's super explosive and then we saw it again with Shakir the his touchdown he had three catches for thirty one yards I think I think Wayne I think you're spot on with this I think these guys need to get the ball and I don't know if it's the screen game because I feel like the Bills cannot run a screen play to save their life they couldn't do it with James Cook it was actually Lance you and I have made fun of this it was actually Diggs's best screen game. I've seen mm -hmm. in a while. He yeah, had a nice absolutely. 10, 11 yard run, uh, run after the catch. James Cook was just not a non factor in screenplays. It wasn't really him. I thought Pittsburgh guarded that really well. Uh, but no, I agree with Wayne there. I think Hardy and Shakir are guys that can go one, make a play, right? And two, when they get the balls in the hand, you have to go make a linebacker, make a tackle on them, or make a safety, go make a tackle on them. And I think it helps this offense when you get that explosive play from Hardy, when you get that explosive play from Shakir. Obviously, it was a touchdown. And but Lance, you throw a seven yard out route kind of to Hardy or kind of down the sideline, and he takes it for 34. Like that just changes the narrative of this offense. And it won, it's yeah. so much easier for Josh Allen. And you, it just sets up so much for this offense. And I thought, I, Wayne, you're spot on, man. I think both of those guys are very hard to guard. But offense, Lance, I thought, I thought the running game was interesting. It's hard to look at the running game as a totality because Josh Allen is. All those runs are off script. And obviously that his touchdown run was one of the craziest touchdown runs I've ever seen, especially from a quarterback. Probably the most outside of like Michael Vick highlights you go back and watch from his Virginia Tech and Falcons days. Uh, it was one of the best runs by a quarterback you have seen. I was yelling at the TV, slide, slide, slide. Thank God he didn't listen to me uh, because he didn't slide and he took it to the house. And Josh Allen's breakaway speed from whoever was chasing, I think it was a safety. Uh, it's kind of scary if you're a defender. Yeah. And also, he can run. He can run also Steelers. And Miami did that last week. People like to make some business decisions when Josh Allen's running. People don't like to get down and dirty because, you know, if you get run over by a quarterback, you're going on Twitter, you're going on ESPN, you're going on whatever because 
a guy, a quarterback just steamrolls you. It's not not a good look if you're a defender. But look, Lance, I thought the run game was good. They went away from it a couple times that I didn't like, and they and they've done that a ton this year. And that's just my biggest pet peeve about some of the offense. I thought Cook was solid, but the two one of the two bigger runs was Ty Johnson towards the end of the game to kind of milk that clock out there. And I, th- I thought Ty Johnson, who's kind of been a blessing in disguise for this team, uh, I thought he was very good. Yeah, they obviously uh, ruined my parlay and brought Ty yeah, Johnson out at the end of the game uh, to give him a bunch of runs. He had uh, eight for 26, only a 3.3 yard clip, but had some just timely runs. And when they need him, um, when they need to get forward on a play, I just feel like Ty Johnson's not losing yards much. He always um, goes you know, forward. Falls forward, right? He always I mean, falls forward. Says that. Um, yeah. Great. Like I said, Running game was was really good, um, and, and they came up with some timely third down conversions too. There were times there where it's third and seven or third and medium, mm-hmm. and they were able to you know convert. And that's um, those are the plays I think that we talked about. Just those were missing when we went through that losing streak. You know, yeah. to get to six and six stuff like that. I just think that you know those are the plays where we couldn't dial up the right one at the right time, and 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 get that. The for enough first downs to build drives and, and sustain an offense. And, and here they are, you know, in 15 to 18 degree weather, um, you know, really doing it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think McDermott earlier in the week talked about Pittsburgh's physicality and the guys up front on the offensive line absolutely matched the physicality there. And, and they've done a great job all year, obviously, but just a heck of a job again, by the Bills offensive line going out there and making, you know, these lanes for the running backs and keeping Josh Allen upright. I think two sacks they gave up all day. And it was just a formula of good coverage and Josh holding the ball. Maybe, um, you know, not as much, you know, I didn't see anyone get beat and Josh Allen get brought down within two seconds. You know, I think he had for the most part, a good amount of time and, if Pittsburgh did a good job, you tip your cap to them. And, you know, he took his couple of sacks and didn't put the ball in harm's way. So I, obviously the one play you mentioned to Diggs had a chance, someone got a hand on it, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think again, that's an example of having a little bit of arm arrogance and trying to be a, a great player. And I'm never going to um, condemn or, or say that they shouldn't do that because that's what makes him obviously the best quarterback in the league. Another thing I want to mention on the offense lands, I thought both tight ends, had one of their better games. I know Dawson Knox only had one catch for nine yards, but he had the touchdown to start the game. He also finished, according to PFF, with a 74 pass blocking grade. You can obviously see when he's in the game, the offense or the offensive line gets a little bit of an added boost. I think that's when we kind of missed when Dawson Knox missed a couple games this year because I don't know if Don Kincaid really brings that. And then Kincaid with three catches for 59 yards, and everyone knows that big play over the middle to make it 14 nothing. Uh, you cannot leave Kincaid over the middle and he's starting to, I think, I think he's had a very good rookie year, but he's also, I feel like he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable in his role. Uh, he was a huge factor, especially on the inner in the game, in the middle of the field. One more thing I want to, not one more thing, but nothing on the offensive lines. I thought Diggs seven catches for 52 yards was very efficient. I would like him to get the ball a little bit more in the second half. I think they kind of went away from that. I don't know his, Catches per half. I don't. I don't have that in front of me. Mm. Uh, 
but he had seven catches, 52 yards. Dude, what, what, what are you thought? He had five you? catches in the first half. So yes. he had two catches you, in yeah. the second. So I, um, I, I thought it was, I had him over five and a half. So I kept very close tabs on how many catches. He had. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I think that, you know, that's just situational. Why, mm-hmm. why do you need to, or are they taking him away? You know, I think mm-hmm. when they needed to get it to him and they needed a spark from him, they did throw, you know, I think they threw the little screen pass and things um, like that in the second half, his first catch, I believe was kind of a short, uh, you know, quick pass. And that's, you know, they're not going to put him out there in harm's way necessarily, unnecessarily, you know, I think in the second half, you know, it's easier with a lead to make him, you know, more of a decoy. And and I'm not saying they should hang their hat on that by any means. I'm just saying that, you know, Mm -hmm. you can do that more often and try to look for other guys if, you know, the attention is being shifted towards him. Because look, he had five catches in the first half and nobody else had five catches for the game. So I think that that's one of the things yeah, uh, I'm not... to look into. And I think, you know, you can't force feed him. I think that's one of the worst things to really do um, is being force feeding digs because I think that's when the turnovers really um, came to light. Uh, I don't... A couple of comments here I just wanted to highlight, but go ahead. I, I don't think I'm advocating for them to force feed. I just think – I thought I thought some of the plays that they designed for him worked really well in the first half, and I thought I would have liked to see them go mm-hmm. back to like the, yeah. those six yard curl routes on first down to make it this nice easy throw for Allen. Mm-hmm. Because I thought also we forgot to mention this to start of the second half, Dawson Knox drops an easy first down, so that like kind of derailed that drive. But stuff mm-hmm. like that, like easy plays, I thought we kind of went away from that in the second half uh, because I do think Diggs kind of gives you that safety net where. I don't know if a lot of other guys did, but that that was it. I look digs seven catches, fifty two yards. It's a it's a fine stat number. Not gonna yeah, for sure. Um, you said some comments. One, one interesting um, thing to note here: um, Bills Mafia prods. I think that's is that Kenny there coming in. Um, quick going left every short yardage, mix it up. Um, it, and I actually Bill came in, noticed that announcer said it. All right, well. Connor McGovern and Deion Dawkins are two of the best offensive linemen on the team. And yeah, um, it's hundred percent his comfort level to go with those guys um, and, and go specifically try to go over and get behind Deion Dawkins being so athletic and things like that. And he, he feels like he has pack. the matchup there. Um, so, you know, if you look at the PFF does a great job of displaying one of the things I look at every every week is, is a run direction chart. And, um, you know, the Bills love to run to the left side. This game, overall, though, they ran the majority to the right side, actually. Um, and they didn't run as much left. But that Dallas Cowboys game, when they ran all over, um, the left side had a field day. So it's all situational and matchups. But uh, when Josh Allen goes and, and does that tush-push thing, um, the bobsled or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, I think they uh, are just comfortable. I think Allen wants to be behind the guys he thinks can get a push. And for whatever reason, that's, you know, McGovern and Deion Dawkins. But I, yeah, that's that. I look, I, I agree. I think you you choose who you hear, who you're more comfortable with. And I think I like Osiris Torrance, but he's a rookie. And I think we all would say, even though Spencer Brown's had a much better year than I think people have ever anticipated. I think Deion Dawkins is obviously better. Than Spencer Brown. So you kind of run to the left, more powerful side, in my opinion. My biggest pet peeve about the push or that one yard run, I think he needs to get a little bit lower. 
Because mm. I think once you go, and I get it, he's six five. It's easier said than done. I'm five nine. Like it's easier for me to get lower than obviously him to get lower, right? But Lance, when you go high, and when you when you go high, one you kind of leave your feet, and two you le- you kind of lose all leverage. You have no leverage once you go high because once you get co- into the air, you kind of have no power and you kind of get pushed back. Mm. I would like for him to go low and kind of use his body because he is 6'5", 260 or whatever he weighs and kind of get in there and kind of go low more more or less, right? I, I think him going a little bit too high and I get it, you're reaching and all that stuff is a little interesting. It sometimes works, but sometimes you get, you're going to get some, you're going to get a D tackle. You're going to get a linebacker that sees you go high and it's going to come over the top legally and push you back. And once you kind of get pushed back initially from a linebacker coming over the top, you kind of you're kind of screwed. <laughs> you're kind of screwed well, at I that think point. People are figuring out a little bit on how to defend that that play. And I think the so way they right. started defending it though was getting low and really pushing back so that there was no real crease when you when you get low and just go forward. So now mm-hmm. Allen's resorted to kind of taking the first step back a little bit and going to the left and trying to get around that pile of people because everyone's just piled in there. Well, they're, no they're real room is... to go. So if he goes to the left around it or the other way, he's trying to get yards now to go over it because he feels like everyone's trying to get in there and, and keep the low, you know, prevent the low thing. So he's, you know, more of a read where he's trying to then go over the top and use that frame and mm-hmm. losing leverage. But that's why he's got someone behind pushing. That's kind of the whole point of it is to try yeah. to have the guy behind you now give you that leverage and push you for the first down. So I, I agree though. I am not necessarily a fan of it because I just think it definitely puts him more vulnerable spot than what we need to do with, um, you know, our star quarterback. I think that we've had enough injuries on this team so far that we don't necessarily need to put him in harm's way anymore. Yeah, that, that'd be know, an issue. Going, going high, um, you know, puts more uh, yeah. risk uh, falling down and, and, you know, maybe, um, catching a finger or hand on something and just um, anytime any he likes to go up in the air a lot but um, anytime you go up in the air you have to come down and, and that's usually sometimes you know that's kind of a, a common cause for injury so I that's one reason I don't like going high on that play as well the I, leverage thing I totally agree with you but I think that's why you have a pusher behind him to try to get mm-hmm. that and, and sustain some of that push that you lose when you leave your feet Otherwise, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of why he started pulling it back and going around the pile and trying to go over Deion Dawkins. I like I like the going to the left and kind of going around more than I like going over the top in the middle because I think that's kind of when you get vulnerable. But okay, I digress. Defense. Yeah, just one last thing on the oh. offense before we switch. Um, go for the it. The really great thing. Um, they st- the first offense position, obviously, they scored a touchdown. After that, though, it's points off turnovers, and we kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago, too. Um, scoring a touchdown off the fumble, mm-hmm. then you get an interception in the end zone. You come back, you score a touchdown. Uh, you know, then they score a touchdown, and you score a touchdown. So the way, the, you know, the, the times that this offense was able to score, um, I think it's really important. So, you know, again, first drive when it's scripted, off of a turnover, off of a turnover, and then, okay, now they've pulled it within seven, offense goes back out, scores a touchdown, and um, seals the game. So that was just a really great 
performance by the offense, you know, when they really needed it. And, you know, the situation called to make sure that they get those points. The only time they didn't was start of the second half. But, you know, hey, uh, again, not perfect, but definitely never going to never going to not take a 31 point effort. I agree. Yeah, we said when you win, obviously, when you win the turnover battle, you win a lot of football games. And obviously, when you get 14 points off turnovers, off an interception by Mason Rudolph and a fumble by George Pickens, probably should have been one more fumble by Pat Firemuth. Uh, but mm-hmm. I digress there. Yeah. But yeah, when you get 14 points of a George Pickens fumble and a Mason Rudolph INT, that would have potentially led to another touchdown based on the fact that Pittsburgh was driving and in the goal line situation. So yeah, I agree. Before we get to defense, we got we might want to mention special teams. I know Sam Martin is day-to-day. I am not an expert on hamstring injuries, but he was able to punt after... He yanked his hamstring, it looked like. I think he yanked his hamstring, and he was yeah, able to yeah, absolutely looked like it. He's running yeah, back like... after that blocked field goal, and you just see him come up. And I was kind of watching. I was looking right at him when it happened, too, because, um, you know, as the ball was going backwards, he was the closest one to it. And then all of a sudden, he has to pull up. And um, that was just – it was an odd sequence. But you don't kudos to him, anymore. man. He's tough. He's uh, coming back in and, and hitting a punt right after that. Obviously, it's on his plant leg, so – um, maybe not affecting uh, mm-hmm. his ability to to kick if he can, you know, still deal with the pain when he plants on it and you know kick with the other leg. All all the power to him. That was amazing. But you know, he's got to kind of leaves himself vulnerable there. Um, you know, if someone gets a punt return, he's not going to be able to try to you know do much with a no. bum leg. So, yeah. and also this is also could have been the reason why they released Leonard Fournette today from the practice mm-hmm. squad. There's a chance that the Bills sometime tomorrow or later into the week, bring another punter in on the practice squad, which is breaking news. No, I'm just kidding. Which is, which is a smart thing. And then one more thing on the special teams before we get to the defense, Tower Bass goes one for three with field goals. I believe he was one for three. I just kind of spitballed that. Where was he? One for three with field goals. Obviously the 49 yard field goal that was blocked, but the 27 yard chip shot to make it a 17 point game late in the fourth quarter completely goes left that's i didn't go back and watch it i don't lance i don't know if you did but if it was a low it was a bad snap bad hold or if bass just missed that but most of his kicks were very low line drive drive it obviously had to deal with the wind and all that stuff the 49 yard field was less concerning the 27 yard field was a little bit uh interesting but i don't know something was weird there i think it came off the swoop uh yeah again going um, going into that windy part of the field on that one, um, maybe tried to hit it too hard and just missed or whatnot, maybe lost his footing. I didn't go back and watch that part of it yet. Um, definitely noted it here to try to check out, just haven't had the time. And I'm the also game being yesterday, so it was, uh, yeah. you know, just one of those things, but yeah, special great. teams, um, wasn't great yesterday, obviously hasn't been great all season. No, that's um, at a Deontay we Hardy. Did, we did get the punt return right when we needed yeah. it. Um, big time situational and bass has been pretty play. good this year i don't think he's been um, great but he's been solid Bass hasn't been as solid as previous years i think but um you know hopefully that does you know hopefully he can recoup um you know bad weather game or it's, it's just really cold i know it wasn't a bad weather game necessarily but hopefully you know he can recruit from that and, and really 
um, make a difference moving forward. We're gonna need them. Game. Yeah, we're gonna need sure. them. You gotta make some, especially in close games, especially against Kansas City on Sunday. You gotta you gotta make some kicks because Kansas City is a great kicker in Harrison Bucker over with them. Okay, next man up on defense. So the defense dealt with some injuries. They had some guys not playing. The Terrell Dodson, Rasul Douglas, Taylor Rapp. Then they dealt with some injuries. Christian Benford leaves the game, doesn't return. Terrell Bernard, which we originally thought was a fractured ankle. First, people thought on social media was an Achilles. Then if you go back and watch, it wasn't Achilles. It wasn't an Achilles. It looked like a fractured ankle. And I was like, well, comes out that his x-rays were negative. It looks like a very bad sprain. He's day-to-day. Obviously, we'll see what his status is for Sunday. I would doubt he would play. This might be more of a, a week-to-week, in my opinion, maybe potential AFC championship, maybe not into the Super Bowl if the Bills do make it to that point. And then you dealt with Teron Johnson getting a concussion. So you were down to two backup corners in Dane Jackson and Kyrie Ulam. Then you were down to Cam Lewis on the field. And then you were down to, because Baylor Spector also got injured, you were down to... AJ Klein, who was about to go to Key West and sit in the sunshine, said he was playing football in five degree weather. And you're down to rookie third round pick Dorian Williams at linebacker. And the Bills, for the most part, held their own. There was that great drive by Pittsburgh in the second half that got them to a one score game. But the defense didn't have to do too much. It's I thought they stopped the run really well. I thought yeah. the wins you and I kind of beat this into the ground last week. Pittsburgh was going to want to run the ball, and they didn't. Four, they 4.6 yards per carry, but Jalen Warren averaged 4.8 yards per carry. But their lead back, Najee Harris, 12 carries for 37 yards, averaged 3.1 yards per carry. So I thought the interior of the defensive line, Tim Seto, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, did a great win ball. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Joseph, Joseph. Yeah, Linval Joseph did a great job. But Lance, next man up on defense. And one shout out. I know you're about to say this, but former guest on the Buffalo Blitz over the summer, Kyrie Elam, made 
a hell of a play, and that guy has been through the absolute ringer in his second year in the NFL. Huge expectations going into the year. He was on the Buffalo Blitz, the best show in the Bills media and the Buffalo Bills media. So, like, obviously, huge expectations after coming on our show, and yeah. then being a, obviously a first round pick, second year, and then dealing with kind of not really playing, kind of inactive week one, a healthy scratch, then getting injured, then getting put on IR, then comes back. We didn't really expect to see him again this year. Christian Benford goes down. Rasul Douglas isn't playing, and he goes, and Kair goes and makes a hell of a play after getting a holding call on the previous play against Deontay Johnson that set up a goal to go for Pittsburgh. Kyrie makes a nice play and gets the Bills the ball back on offense that leads to seven points. I just want to say shout out to him. Uh, he was on our show. He's, he was a great kid to be on our show, uh, but it was it was it was a kind of a cool moment to see that Lance. Yeah, for sure. I kind of you know alluded to that on Twitter before the game that with Rizzo Douglas down. Um, Kyrie may get some good snaps in during the game and that I had all the faith in the world in him, um, you know, based upon my interactions with him personally in person on the show was also at the uh, back to school drive with him um, that Stevie Johnson did and teamed up with Kyrie Elam for that. So just great dude. His family's great. Um, his mom and dad were really gracious and, you know, spoke uh, with me and, and were very cool. So mm-hmm. Um, great family and, and just couldn't be uh, more happy for a guy out there just working his tail off. Nothing's being given to him and he's going out there and making plays when it matters the most pick off in the, you know, picking the ball off in the end zone is yeah. about as crucial of a time to make a play as any. So uh, yeah, shout out to Kair. Uh, keep working and, and what a great job. Yeah. And he also mentioned in this post game kind of scrum on the locker room. He's a little rusty and th- 100% he's rusty. He hasn't really played this year. He's coming off the IR with an ankle injury, right? Like it's, and he was, at, he was just thrusted into a, a playoff game, a playoff game that the Bills obviously had to win. Um, a must, obviously a must win because it's a playoff game. So shout out to him. But Lance, uh, defense as a whole, I know the injuries are going to be the main topic of concern for Bills fans and for the Bills heading into the later por- portion of the week. But Lance, what were your thoughts on the defense's performances performance on Monday? Like you said, it all starts up front. I mean, at Oliver with a 90.9 pass rush grade, um, Leonard Floyd continues to do well. Von Miller got to the quarterback, kind of touched him, but didn't uh, break him down. So that was kind of funny. Um, you know, these guys uh, graded out very well um, in tackling for the most part for, on the defensive line. Um, so just – uh, they were able to get a good push. Limbaugh Joseph, Leonard Floyd with, you know, 88 for Leonard Floyd and 85.2 for Linval Joseph. So just really um, Daquan Jones up there with 80.2 defensive grade, um, just very, very high energy. Um, they had to match the physicality that Pittsburgh brought, you know, trying to run the ball and every hit down there had to hurt with how cold it was. So just, you know, very much so want to say hats off to that defensive line, really stepping in um, and taking on some hits uh, when it's that cold out really made the difference. I think that, you know, maybe other guys on, on the Steelers or maybe during the game just weren't able, weren't willing to to do that. And, and our defensive line stood up and the linebackers flowed very well behind the defensive line to come up. Even guys like Kyrie Lum and the secondary um, Micah Hyde and things uh, came up 
and made the plays they had to make. And um, it's tough to do when it's that cold out, but man, they uh, weren't, were, weren't worried about it and, you know, put their bodies on the line. And uh, we kind of saw that uh, to a fault, maybe they, that they put their bodies on the line because they got hurt um, mm-hmm. some of them. So, uh, but they played um, sort of with this reckless abandon and, and that's uh, they got to keep doing that obviously to, to sustain success, but that's kind of how the defense is playing now. And, and that's really the key to success. Shout out again to our coach, Sean McDermott, putting these guys in the positions schematically um, and, and just giving giving them the opportunities to go make plays. And then guys like Dorian Williams just searching out to go make a play. He was on a um, he was on the strong side and, and switched back to the weak side. And then they ran the play to the strong side and mm-hmm. Dorian Williams ended up flowing uh, weak and then running all the way back and end up catching up and, and tackling uh, George Pickens on a play that was really a crucial stop. So also, plays like that are, are um, something you're not going to just, just see a tackle on the stat sheet, but mm-hmm. you know, they're so important, uh, the effort and, and that's uh, all you can say for this defense is giving everything they have, putting their bodies on the line. And it shows, I think that they really, um, you know, really did well up front first of all, and then from there finishing and, and they missed a couple tackles, but the, for the most part, I think the tackling there um, was solid and that's going to need to be the case again this weekend against Kansas city too. Yeah. I thought didn't Dorian Williams also, he also blew up a screen pass. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought Dorian Williams was, was good. Uh, yeah. Look, the bills defense for the most part played a pretty solid game. They stopped the run, which was the main, I guess, reason the Pittsburgh had a chance in this game was the run defense, and they they kind of sold out a little bit more for the run. One final thing I want to mention before we get to the Chiefs game, Lance, the Taylor Rapp injury in this game became a bigger issue once the linebackers started to get injured when Balen Spector and Terrell Bernard got injured because mm-hmm. you really couldn't go, and they kind of did, but they really couldn't go to that dime look to have three safeties in there. They kind of did a little bit of DeMar. They put DeMar back there, and they moved Poyer into the box a little bit. Uh, DeMar Hamlin had 14 snaps on defense. But Lance, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you have Taylor Rapp in that game, you can kind of put Poyer back into the box as kind of that safety into the box to replace the linebacker, and then you kind of have Rapp and Micah Hyde in the back. Uh, we, I bet you we'll see that on Sunday because I do expect Taylor Rapp to play, but we did not see that on Monday just because rap wasn't playing. And then I think that, that became kind of a factor once the linebackers started to get injured when Spectre went out, when Bernard obviously went out and they kind of did that. They kind of moved Cam Lewis to the slot for Teron Johnson. They kind of put the more Hamlin back there and they kind of went three safety work for a little bit, but I thought that was a, probably a bigger loss than maybe I personally anticipated heading into the game. For sure. Yeah, no, I think that, each guy plays such a pivotal role here and we keep losing more and more of them. And, um, you know, you have to, you know, put your hands together for those guys like AJ Klein coming out of, you know, off his couch to step up and, um, rookies, Dorian Williams and, um, guys like Hamlin and Lewis as well, mm-hmm. stepping in there and playing a pivotal role. So it, that's the kind of cool thing about McDermott. I think that he's putting Hoyer, in there because he knows he's good and successful there. So even though it may leave someone else on the back end that isn't necessarily um, 
as good. It's still, you know, when, you know, he's finding those guys to still do their job and, mm-hmm. and calling the right plays to keep those guys from getting exposed. And the guys that are stepping up and playing are absolutely doing a great job in um, a lot, you know, not allowing the moment to be too big for them. So. Okay, Lance, the moment of truth, divisional round. Bills were six and six at one point. Now, obviously, 11 and six to end the regular season. They get a wild card round, and they're one of the four teams left in the AFC. The other two teams, Ravens and Texans, the one versus the four. The Bills are the two seed. The Kansas City Chiefs are the three seed. And Patrick Mahomes gets to play his first career road playoff game. One of the more one of the more mind-boggling stats, uh, which is it's weird. I, I'm gonna I'll give credit where credit's due. One of the reasons the Chiefs have had success because they played so well in the regular season under Mahomes and under under Andy Reid. But Lance, it's a big one. Obviously, it's one game at a time. No matter who you were playing in the divisional round, if we were playing you and I, it's still a big one because it's the divisional round. The Bills have been bounced in the divisional round the last two years. They lost to Kansas City in Arrowhead two years ago. And then last year, they lost at home to Cincinnati. It's time to get back to the AFC Championship game. And I'm hoping next week, Lance, when you and I are talking, we get to break down an AFC Championship game, which will be exciting for you and I. But, Lance, what are we looking for in this game, man? This is obviously two heavyweight quarterbacks and some interesting offensive play from the Kansas City Chiefs, a better Kansas City Chiefs defense than we have seen in years past. But the one caveat that we have not seen in the postseason the two times the Bills and the Chiefs have met in the postseason, this game will be played in Orchard Park. In front of Bills Mafia, and that's what's up. Right now, um, Bills Mafia has been showing out loud and proud every game, and it gets really cold. Uh, you can tell the <laughs> the noise level has to change because you can't hear as many people clap with gloves on, right? So people are just screaming their heads off. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills have come out and beat the Chiefs in the last three regular seasons. Um, but they've lost the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, obviously, in 2021, and then uh, divisional round in 2022. So uh, this is redemption. This is what it's all about. This game is about Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, two of the biggest superstars in the NFL going head-to-head, right? Um, mm-hmm. Two defenses that, you know, Maybe up until Sunday or Monday, yesterday, when when the Bills kind of lost half their defense again. But, uh, you know, two defenses that have, have been kind of powering their team. I think that um, the Bills have leaned on their defense and, and, and Kansas City has had to as well because the offenses just haven't had the output that they've uh, been used to. So mm-hmm. Bills are minus three. They opened at minus two and a half. They're minus three. The over-under is at 45 and a half right now. Um, seems like Vegas is thinking that some points are going to be scored here. And I got to agree with it. I think that, um, you know, the, it's going to be the situational defense, situational offense that really matters here when you need it. If your defense gets a turnover, the offense has got to go score seven. Um you know, when it's a crucial third down and three and they hand the ball off to Pacheco, you got to make that stop. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just an example. So it's these situations that, that the Bills defense 
and offense find themselves in are going to be the difference between uh, or the the deciding factor on who wins um, this game on Sunday in Buffalo. Yeah. Lance, we have seen over the years, regular season, the Bills have been very good against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're 0-2 in the postseason, but especially, and the Bills obviously met with the Chiefs earlier this year, and they kind of jolted the Bills' uh, run to the division round. We're now winning six in a row, five to end the regular season, then one in the wildcard round. Lance, we know every possession counts, right? And that sounds really stupid when you say it in the NFL, but against Pittsburgh, more or less, every possession didn't count because of who you were playing on the other side of the ball. But in this game, yeah, every possession matters. There can't be – might probably will happen. I'd probably get really annoyed. But you have to avoid those quick possessions and just mm-hmm. giving the field back to, or flipping the field easy for the Chiefs. This is a game of field position, right? Like field position might come and win this game. If, if, you're, if, you're, not, if you're giving up a lot of yards through the air – or if you're giving up a lot of yards in the field position battle, it's going to be tough to score. You don't want to have to go 80, 85 yards every time to score. It's also, I think both teams have a really good running back. Pacheco with the Chiefs, the Bills with James Cook. I think you're going to have to establish the run, kind of control the clock, keep the crowd in it. And the one thing that's kind of scaring me at the moment, the middle of the field. I love, I think Rasheed Rice is starting to come into his own as a really good receiver. He still doesn't fully scare me if Rasul Douglas is playing or Christian Benford, and I do think Rasul Douglas is playing. I don't know about Christian Benford, but I would bet a lot of money that Rasul Douglas plays on Sunday. I think he'll be on Rasheed Rice. How do we guard the middle of the field? Who is on Travis Kelsey? It hasn't been Travis Kelsey's best year as a, as a pro, but it's the playoff time, right? Like Travis Kelsey, this is when he shows up. The Bills are going to have to defend the middle of the field because – we have seen you're able to defend against this Chiefs offense. It hasn't been as explosive as it has been in years past. One of the reasons they're the three seed and potentially not the one seed. It's I think the Bills did a great job in Arrowhead at defending the pass and defending the run against Kansas City. Lance, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think this is... I think this is more of the closer to 20 than it is closer to 30. Like I feel like that's where this kind of game sits why every possession counts. Uh, but if the Bills are able to kind of limit tr- the middle of the field and limit those big plays over the middle of the field, I like their chances. Like I, It's it's one of those things I don't – the Chiefs, and it's hard to count out the Chiefs, but they just haven't been super explosive on offense this year. And they played a, a very vulnerable Miami team that looked like they had no – they looked like they wanted nothing to do with that cold in um, – Kansas City, and I'm excited to see a playoff game against the Chiefs that's not in Arrowhead, finally. Yeah, big comment here from Chad. Um, Can't stress enough how important it will be to hit Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage and not give Mm -hmm. him a free release. Kelsey and Rice are all they've got as far as receiving threats that can hurt us. That's what you just said, basically, um, in that those are the two main guys. But honestly, Isaiah Pacheco is my main focus here, neutralizing that run game Mm -hmm. and trying to put them in more third and long situations yeah. and then you know the, it's so easy to say cliches oh yeah the the game is going to be won and lost in the line of scrimmage and the defensive <laughs> line's got to control the line of scrimmage every possession but counts <laughs> it's it's so true for these for these particular mm-hmm. games when you have like such great teams and such great potential you know with a patrick mahomes on the other side of the ball if they're handing it off to um isaiah pacheco you can't let that be um, 
you can't let that beat you. So you have to hit him and get him down. Um, obviously, he's going to get his yards, I'm sure, but um, but you can't let him, uh, you know, extend drives, and you and you have to try to get, you know, those first and second down runs contained to force, you know, third and longer situations. And then on those third downs, obviously, that's when you're talking about containing Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice because those are the two main threats that they have to pick up those first downs in in the situation. Um, so. How the Bills do it, I'm not sure. We'll have to see who they have out there. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to have guys uh, step up that haven't necessarily played a lot of meaningful football so far this year. And I'm not sure how that goes, but I think that the Bills have just as good of a shot uh, to win this game today as I did yesterday, as I did two days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they just definitely um, they have Coach McDermott putting a great scheme together, and he's been able to you know, really, I know it's just regular season, so he can't really hang your hat on it too much, but he's been able to really do a good job um, against the Chiefs in the regular season and, um, you know, almost had him there a couple of years ago in 21. And uh, I think this game is going to be a toss-up. I think the, the Chiefs are, are down just as much as the Bills are down. Um, Chiefs are down on offense as much as the Bills may be down on defense. So um, it's it just – this matchup is just uh, really shaping up to be such a, a classic. And I, I can't wait to, to see kind of how it unfolds, but really if we give three kind of three keys to the game, I really think that controlling the line of scrimmage specifically on the defensive side of the ball um, to, to prevent that, you know, big plays in the run game. And then obviously, you know, jamming, Travis Kelsey and kind of preventing, you know, his free release and preventing him from beating you in those third, third down situations. And then on offense, you have to be clicking on all cylinders. Really, there's not really much else you could say. The offense just needs to be able to move the ball uh, and, and score points. It's that, that pretty much that simple and how they do that um, for me, I think is going to be getting the running backs back involved in the passing game and being able to, um, see kind of what Joe Brady did. I think it was, was it the Jets game maybe when the, the running back had really good um, games in the passing game. So I really mm, think yep. that you want to see cook uh, cook had four catches, but five yards and he just gotta, it's gotta be better than that. Um, three catches uh, for 20 something yards, maybe for Latavius Murray and um, not sure what Ty Johnson did last game, but um you, you got to have more production in the receiving game this year, this week, probably um, to have more sustained success because I'm not sure how much success they're going to have running the ball, but you know, with Josh Allen, he can uh, make that running game go like he did this week. Something that the chiefs are on the offensive side of the ball, right? I think the chiefs O-line has been particularly pretty good, but only in the interior, they have struggled at the tackle position on both the left tackle and the right tackle position. This is a game for Gregory Russo, Leonard Floyd, AJ Epinesa, and even Von Miller to go off the edge and create havoc against Patrick Mahomes and make his day back there. Like keep him antsy, right? Get him off script a little. Because mm. I don't think he's been completely comfortable this year under under center or behind the pocket or in the pocket. With the, as the Chiefs, and we can we've seen it lead to some losses. If we go back to the Miami game last week uh, in the wild card round, the Chiefs Miami game, Miami was in that game, Lance. Like 
The final mm-hmm. score, 26-7, it looks like my Kansas City blew them out. They kind of ran away with the late. It was 13-7, right? Like, And then it was 16-7 and a half. It was 13-7 late in the second quarter. Like, Miami just didn't make any plays on offense. They were dinking and dunking. They avoided giving the ball to Tyreek Hill. He only had four catches. Miami lost that game. I do think Kansas City deserved to win that game, and Kansas City played better than Miami and all that kind of thing. But I do think it's not a 100% insane Kansas City team. Vegas doesn't believe it. Bills are currently three-point favorites. Obviously, you kind of get two and a half, three points when you're at home. They kind of just give them the home field advantage to Buffalo. But yeah, like Lance, you said James Cook has to get involved. I think this is a game where you don't have to beat them on quick strikes. I think you want to methodically kind of drive the ball down the field. And I thought what the Bills did against Pittsburgh, which they struggled against Miami, turning the ball over in opposing teams' territory, the Bills, outside of two missed field goals, one being a block and a bass miss in a field goal, which isn't really the offense's fault, that special teams' fault, the Bills were very good when they got into Pittsburgh's territory. They scored touchdowns or they set their offense up for field goals, right? Points, 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 right? That's Get- big because the most points the Chiefs defense has given up all year is 27. And, um, you know, so if you can get into the 30s, you're winning the game, game, which you said, you're probably not thinking they're going to. And I, I can agree so, with you on there. But if you can get to 30 oh my, oh and above, God. then you're, you're almost, yeah, you're pretty much locked um, to win the game. Not necessarily because obviously it's not like the chiefs can't score. And with your defense down, it's not like um, you're not vulnerable to, or, to allowing points as well. But if you look at it, the grand scheme of things, the, you know, obviously scoring is never a bad thing, but you know, the, the way they, the beat the chiefs is to capitalize on any mistake and make sure you, when you have opportunities to be in their territory and get into mm-hmm. the red zone that you execute and, and turn that into seven points. Yeah, right now, heading into this game, the Bills are sixth in the NFL in points per game at 26.8. The Kansas City Chiefs are 15th in the NFL in points per game at 22.1. Lance, I don't think, I think this Chiefs offense is still very good. I think they still can beat you with Rasheed Rice, Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and obviously Patrick Mahomes. They are not as explosive and they don't quick strike you as they have done before. Mm. It's not Tyree Kill back there. They won't quick strike you they still can drop 20 to 30 points they average 22 points a game which is directly in the middle of the pack in the nfl but if the bills can kind of methodically drive the ball down the field use their weapons use their tight ends over the middle of the field i don't love the chiefs defense kind of the back end as much as i do up front i think chris jones is a very huge difference maker that the bills o-line is going to have to deal with like they did with christian wilkins it's going to be tougher with Cyrus torrance and connor mcgovern and mitch morris they're going to have to bring their a game in the interior o-line to keep josh allen upright if the bills can run the ball i think they have i i i go with the bills in this one i'm trying to find the rushing defense for let's see kansas city kansas city gives up they're 16th in rushing yards allowed per game and 111.2. So the middle of the pack in rushing yards allowed per game. I think you, you can be able to run the ball against Kansas City. But I Lance, like this is feels like a game where you're not going to get a ton of possessions, right? Maybe a turnover here or there is going to skew this game completely, like we did against Pittsburgh. Can you force it? Can you force a turnover that gives yourself a short field? Can you only have to go 20 to 30 yards, right? You do that. You win this game, and it's also not turning the ball over when you get into Kansas City's territory. Points, points, points. Allen, if a field goal was there, it is okay because I think 
This is not a game where you need 40. I think you need 24 in this game. So three points go a long way, I think, in this type of a game. Yeah, our guy Matt Homing coming in outside of the Dolphins, who are frauds. Chiefs beat no one. Lost to the Lions, Bills, Packers, Eagles, Broncos, and Raiders. I agree, but, I mean, it's one game. You're in a one-game situation now. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Travis Kelsey. Isaiah Pacheco is no slouch. Um, So as long as you Mm -hmm. can button up, um, you know, Kelsey or Pacheco, you figure, like, you can't just contain everyone. Oh, no, no. They're going to get their yards. (laughs) It's all about, you know, not giving up consistently in the third down situations I mentioned. And if you get them, if they get in your red zone, you got to try to force that three instead of seven. Those are the situations where you look at it and say, okay, you gave up some stuff, but let's, you know, buckle down. That's why that Kyrie Elam interception last week was so huge because, you know, the defense was kind of on the ropes, on the ropes, and then they take the ball away and end up giving no points and the offense goes down and scores a touchdown. That's a huge swing. Um, Then those are the kind of plays and the kind of situations Bills are going to have to be successful in. Not only that, I mean, it's just every game really. And we talked about, you know, how when they were losing, they just in those situations were not getting the plays. So mm-hmm. uh, again, on both sides they, of the ball, when they win, um, those are the, the plays they're making. And it's so, I don't know, I feel dumb kind of saying it because it's so freaking obvious, but it's the truth. I mean, you just, you need to um, step up in key moments and yeah. the, the team that makes more plays in those key moments obviously is going to come away with the victory especially in a game where the teams are so kind of closely matched um you had a game go down to the wire 2017 earlier in the season um you saw that was without isaiah pacheco um maybe before rasheed rice really was hitting his stride in the offense too so maybe that's a little bit different so the chiefs definitely have seemingly a little bit more firepower this week this coming game um than they did in that uh, lost to Buffalo previously, but I think that the Bills um, also have found a little bit more on offense since that game against Kansas City, and it, it's going to come down to Josh Allen running the ball, and then you know what what can the reason I think that the running backs are going to be so important is because like you mentioned, if the Chiefs line um, is able to get around some guys, we got to have plays to combat that, and usually like a screen or a quick swing to a running back. Um, can be successful in those situations. So we're going to need James Cook to make a guy miss and not get tackled <laughs> three yards behind the line of scrimmage this week, um, things like that. So I think it's going to be huge. Obviously, the running game is um, the driving force for this offense and starts with Josh Allen. Yeah, and I do think you know, running the game, running the ball is easy. Not easy. Is is what is a path to an easy victory. Uh, the Chiefs. I know Matt Holman's coming in again. She lost to the Raiders three weeks ago. I look. I think the Bills are a better roster team, but with the injuries on defense, and <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and just completely count out Patrick Mahomes because it's going to make you and I look really stupid, and it's made a lot of people look stupid in the past. Um, but if the Bills can keep clicking on offense, not turn the ball over. I think they're I think they're going to be okay, but it's not gonna be no no whoever wins this game, it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be an absolute slugfest. It's gonna every possession is gonna matter. Both teams know that. But something that the Bills need to do is also if the Chiefs start driving on you, which they're going to do, they're not gonna go not score, no, they're gonna score. But you have to get to a point where 
try to keep him out of the end zone, hold him to field goals. I think that goes for obviously both teams, but if you can keep him out of the end zone at a consistent rate and don't give up quick scores, I kind of like your chances in uh, in this game. Yeah, the Bills also, Christopher's coming in, the Bills come out, want to come out swinging. I think, Lance, you said you said this multiple times, and you said this about the game in Pittsburgh this past weekend uh, on Monday. The Bills are a different team when they are able to get points on the board early. We've seen them in losses to Denver, the close game against the Giants, the close game against Tampa Bay, right? Like they struggled to get or loss against New England, right? Like they struggled to get their foot going and get their foot on the gas going on offense. They have a couple three and outs. This is not the game where you can be right. doing right? Like when you have an opening drive in both the start of the game and the start of the second half, whether you get the ball first or not, it's your, your opening possession of that half. You just have got to execute and make that pay off because Good that's point. the thing you're, you're practicing, not the most, but you're, you're, you have, you know, these select plays where you're, you know, you you should be more familiar and more comfortable in that when you get in the flow of the game and you're calling some different stuff, it's easier to maybe get confused on an assignment or this and or that. Chiefs are making but going into the shifts going into these time. first possessions on offense, specifically first of the half, first of the game and, and first of the second half, you just, you gotta have, um, you gotta, you gotta have a hundred percent hit rate on that uh, probably in a game like this um, to, to make hay. And I think they, the bills did enough against Pittsburgh scoring three first half touchdowns um but you know again the first one came off the opening opening possession for the bills offense and that's what set the tone and that's what they're going to need to do here i love to see if they win the toss that they defer again i don't think they need to take the ball Mm -mm. um but i think that they do like um, to defer yeah uh obviously they missed their chance to double dip with the poor end of the first half obviously um Someone asked in the comments earlier about what happened at the end of the first half. Look, Diggs got hurt on a play, kind of threw him out of there, what they were trying to do. And, you know, then they, they missed on another play. And once they missed on, on the second play, they just they had no chance. And they let the clock run down and uh, tick off the half because they were getting Oh, you mean after the field goal? You mean after the Pittsburgh scored a touchdown? Yeah. Well, Allen took a sack. And right. the, once you take the sack, it was over. Before that, though, Diggs got mm-hmm. hurt and Diggs got a 10-second yep. runoff, which was not a big deal. Um, and I know they tried one play to Shakir that didn't work so well either. So, um, And then uh, Allen taking the sack kind of put the nail in the coffin there. So, uh, yeah, the the first possession of the game and the first possession of the second half really are going to be big um, mm-hmm. tone setters, really, for, for both halves. And uh, – I feel like you can't just try to be hanging in here. You got to be the aggressor. You got to be the one throw, putting throw the punches, you know, throwing the punches for sure. I think mm-hmm. that's a big important fact this weekend. Yeah, Lance, you ready for some score predictions? Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Let's. I'm hoping next week you you and I are talking a little bit AFC Championship football and not talking about or the title not being what went wrong because I did that last year when we lost to the Bengals and it's not a fun episode to hit record on yeah. when you hit what went wrong. But Lance, to be honest, we could have done that a couple weeks ago when the Bills were sitting at 6-6 six and because six, a lot were going wrong. The Bills have won five in a row to get into the playoffs, obviously the 11-6. and six. Now they're 12-6 and six with beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we get to the score predictions, appreciate everyone that is listening or that have watched and listened to this show, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, Bill and Buffalo Network. And if you do miss this episode, you can always re-listen 
on the Built on Buffalo Podcast Network. It will come out tomorrow morning, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, so many other platforms. Just type in Built on Buffalo Podcast Network. And if you do want to rewatch this, just hit the rewind button, scroll back, and you can start from the beginning on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Okay, guys, everyone in the comments section, drop your picks. And if you do miss this segment, you guys will see this on social media on Sunday morning. As always, my dad always wants to tell me his prediction, so I'm going to read it off. We're not going to like his prediction this week, Lance, so brace yourself. He's going KC24, Buffalo 23. He says, as of today, given injury situation in Buffalo, it's reason why he's going with that score. He said he hopes he's wrong. There you go. Uh, buy stocks coming in uh, with 31-27 Buffalo. Like that. Any other score comments here as we get down here? Homan. Wayne, oh, I missed this. You missed this. 28-24. Bills get another home game after the Texans beat Baltimore, which is the best case scenario. Absolutely. <laughs> you think of 28-24. Wow. Yeah, Homan, 30-13. Bills, same score as Bills Chiefs in 93 AFC Championship game. Bringing it back uh, to the old school because he's an old fool who's so cool. Uh, Christopher Michael, 26-17. I like that. Um, without further ado, I guess I'll get into mine. When you look at it, that I mentioned earlier, the Chiefs haven't given up 27, more than 27 points to an opposing team all season. They're going to give up more than 27 this week. The Buffalo Bills will score 34 to 28 and beat the Chiefs by six in Buffalo. I like it. I always hope you're right because you have better score predictions than I do. Chad's coming in. Bills, 34. Kansas City, 23. Okay. So, for my Bills versus Chiefs AFC Divisional Round score predictions, I got Bills, 24. Chiefs, 21. Lance, I kind of hinted at it earlier. When I said I don't think the Bills, you're going to get closer to 20 than you are to 30. I don't think this is going to be a crazy high-scoring game. I think it's going to be closer to their regular season matchup uh, that they faced off with each other uh, about a month ago. I, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those games where it's a little, a little up and down for both offenses, teams trying to get their footing. It's going to be one big thing, and I think the Bills went on a tower bass. I'm going to say it right now, 43-yard field goal. Uh, and I think they went on a 43-yard field goal by Tower Bass. So I got 24-21 Buffalo. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, my I went 34-28 just to recap. And the weather's going to be a little bit warmer than it was. It's going to be maybe five degrees warmer um, as of right now with the forecast. A little bit of sunshine. So we'll see what the wind is like. It's always windy here. So I think that you know you're going to have a steady steady breeze. You know, 10 to 20 miles an hour um just this time of the year it's it's unavoidable um buffalo is about to get dumped on a second time here tonight another two feet and uh so hopefully everything you know now uh they have from about thursday morning to obviously sunday evening to get everything cleared out this week and people won't have to be digging themselves into their seats this week as they did yesterday um we were fortunate our seats were pretty clear when when That's I got nice. there yesterday, but um, the seats directly next to me were, you know, they had to dig their way into them and, and kind of move the snow, um, which made for the fun 
snowballs. Somebody else made a comment. The Bills threw the snow up in the air, or the Bills Mafia threw stuff in snow in the air rather than on the field. <laughs> See, I saw plenty of, plenty of snowballs get thrown out there on the field, uh, much to the dismay. The announcer had to make many announcements, but overall, uh, at the end of the game, everything was being thrown up in the air, and it was a great did time. You, and I hope to experience that again this week. Did you throw any snow? No. Oh my god. I'm a 37-year-old man. I'm not going to be throwing snow around. If they say we don't want you to throw snow, I'm just not going to throw snow because Lance, of- I'm going to be honest with you, man. There's probably people double your age in that day and throwing <laughs> snow, man. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't know. I don't know if they get I'm not going to risk not being able to get back in the stadium to watch the team. I, you know, I very much covet going there and be able to sit in the seat and actually watch the game live, um, even in subpar conditions sometimes. <laughs> so, um, not going to do anything to risk that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Went a little late this time, but it's playoff time and we're going to do it. Okay. Appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight on all platforms. Uh, You guys have been great all season. Let's hope next week Lance and I are talking more football and we're not looking into the offseason. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a great weekend. The Bills are kicking off Sunday at 6.30 Eastern on CBS. If you're not going to the game, that is where you guys can check it out on 6.30 on CBS, but obviously there's three games leading into ours. Obviously, if you want to watch another obviously game that def- potentially could affect the Bills, Texans at Ravens, which I believe is on Saturday. Yeah, it is on Saturday at 4.30. Okay. Lance, any shout-outs we got to do? Oh, before we get to your shout-outs, I'm going to say, as always, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. It's the best time to get on to Underdog Fantasy. It is the NFL playoffs. Make sure you guys use Promo code Blitz on underdogfantasy.com or the app for a 100% deposit match up to $100 starting at 10 NFL, NBA, NHL, all that all that fun stuff. Use promo code Blitz. Lance, shout out anything built in Buffalo before we get out of here because I always forget to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Go out, check out um, Going Deep podcast tomorrow. Go out and check out... Um, our Thursday shows. We got three shows going out there on Thursday. We got tea at Thursday in afternoon. Oh, yeah, we we got um, the Buffalo basement. And then we got witty, not funny uh, going out there. And then Friday's bills chat off the edge on Saturday, you'll have pregame and our guy Izzy um, doing the red zone report Sunday night. Izzy's coming in 31, 20 bills at a babe. Um, also, Go out, check out. If you guys are looking for a tailgate spot, Game Day Hospitality puts on a great tailgate. Good fun. I'm there every week that the Bills have a home game. So go out, check out Game Day Hospitality. Free food, free drink with your entrance fee and uh, all you can eat, all you can drink, I should say. So not it's not free, but uh, all you can eat, all you can drink with your entrance fee. Uh, Peter went once this year. Great time. Um, they've got fires going. They've got heaters out there. Um, so just having a good time. DJ Lil Gabby does a great job spinning the tracks all day. Um, so just all, always a good atmosphere out there. Um, plenty of guys come through. Andre Reed came through this year. Um, lots, lots of different characters and, and, and people in the, in the bills community coming out there. Uh, Buffalo food sluts there and Joe Kroom, uh, from Kroom photos usually there. So a lot of cool people just to hang out with and, and have a good time getting loose and getting ready for the bills game. So. Uh, if you think about it, go out, enjoy game day hospitality. And uh, yeah, thanks to all the built in Buffalo uh, viewers. Follow all of our social media pages. If you can go over to YouTube and subscribe to that YouTube channel. And that's about all I got, guys. Thank you very much.
and go Bills. Yeah, that is going to do it for us. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, breaking down the Bills versus Chiefs divisional round matchup and hopefully getting you ready for the Bills AFC Championship matchup. If you guys didn't miss this episode, as always, you can rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and it'll be out tomorrow morning on all audio platforms. Just type Built in Buffalo Podcast Network or Audio Network, and you will find out. It will come out tomorrow morning, so when you're driving to work in the snow and you're freezing, our voices will make you nice and warm. Okay, that is going to do it for us. He was Lance, and I was Peter. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the Built in Buffalo Network. Hopefully everyone has a nice weekend. Hopefully everyone enjoys the game. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills, baby. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.